We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep Podcast, your weekly Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. My name's Kane Pittman. I'm here wrapping up things in Charlotte after All-Star Weekend 2019, and I'm joined by my friend, as always, Ty Windish. What's up, Ty? Not much. I'm here wrapping up things in Oshkosh before <laughs> a, uh, a great home herd game this Friday. And I guess I'm not wrapping things up because I'm, I'm staying here, but yeah, it's, it's going well after a uh, a fun all-star weekend for Milwaukee Bucks fans and writers and whatever else. I think that's it. I think the word is fun. Uh, I don't think there's any uh, Bucks fan uh, that could, they could have watched the game last night and, and not walk away from that thinking that was a whole lot of fun. It was, uh, it was, it was a big night for the Bucks. Uh, they had two guys in the game, obviously Giannis and, and Chris Middleton, who really uh, put on a show despite uh, losing the game. Uh, Team Giannis goes down. 178 to 164 to Team LeBron. And really, they, they looked in control for the first half. I, I, they were running the floor. Giannis was doing whatever he wanted. And the third quarter, uh, things changed. I thought Team LeBron definitely ramped up uh, things on the defensive end. And once they started hitting some shots, they were pretty tough to stop. Yeah, definitely. It's I love All Star Game final scores. I think one seventy eight, one sixty four was like the combined final score of all the games in the two thousand and four finals. Uh, we got that in one game here. A lot of it coming from the Bucks, which is which is the best part. But yeah, it doesn't. I, I, were you surprised about the comeback that that Team LeBron ended up winning? Because I was really was not all that surprised. No, I wasn't that surprised. And and when you look at the the Team LeBron 
uh, roster. I mean, they got a lot of they got uh, you know Kawhi, <laughs> Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. They've got they got some some veteran players, veteran players in the All Star game that that know how to turn it up. And I, I you know, it, it happened just before halftime for mine. It was really Team Giannis was. Uh, running away with the game. And I mentioned to, I was sitting next to Matt Velasquez and I, I, I mentioned to him, there was still four minutes and 10 seconds left in the first half, I think. And the, and uh, Team Giannis already had 80 points on the board or over 80 points. And, and I mentioned to him, I said, man, they're, they're gunning for 200. And I, I feel like as soon as I said that, uh, Team LeBron actually started trying and, and things changed a little bit. But um I think we, I, th- I think we would be uh, wrong not to mention the third quarter run for Team LeBron and the role that Russell Westbrook played in that. Uh, it was tough to watch. Yeah. I know we know what he is, and he is what he is. But uh, you know, in the end, he shoots eight for twenty. He only plays nineteen minutes. Uh, he's a mi- he's a minus nineteen, one for eight from three. He's shooting only two, he's shooting twenty six percent from three all season, and he and he gets up eight. So that sounds like Russell Westbrook. So I think uh, he was certainly a, a key instigator in the run for uh, Team LeBron. Oh, I think there's no doubt about it. I mean, the other All Stars on the floor during the run just were not involved in the game for Team uh, for Team Giannis. And yeah, it was it was what was funny to me is I saw people before the game doing some hand-wringing, um, as people on Twitter love to do. Like, oh, can you, this is this is a guy who's, you know, averaging a triple-double, and you're going to talk about shooting percentages, like it's ridiculous. And it's like, what, did you watch the game? That's why people talk about that. Because, like, yeah, he gets a lot of points and assists and rebounds, and it's great, but he also will actually shoot his team either out of games or he will shoot the other team back into a game. And that is precisely what happened. I mean, listen, it doesn't, like, the result doesn't matter. I don't. I mean, it kind of does because I mean, we'll get to MVP and who made who or who did not get hosed in the MVP voting for this All Star game. But uh, it, it it was just like, yeah, that's that's a, that's a Westbrook thing right there. That's 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 what he will do. Yeah, no doubt. And I think it was so funny when you watch the the Thunder this year, and and we know uh, the Milwaukee game a few weeks ago. I, I was commenting on the same thing in the first half. It felt like the Bucks were just hanging in that game. And I, I said, if Westbrook keeps shooting, the Bucks might be a chance here because Paul George, on the other end, he goes 6 for 12 on 3. He has 20 points on just 14 shots uh, as opposed to Westbrook having 17 on 20. Uh, he goes 7 to 14 from the field and he was just making some ridiculous shots. Like Paul George is just feeling himself right now. And that's why he's sort of uh, elevated himself into the MVP uh, candidate race because he's just incredible. He's having an unbelievable season. He made some tough shots. Uh, but in the end, and we may as well just move straight to the MVP. And Giannis, in 27 minutes, 38 points, 17 for 23 from the field, 2 for 6 from 3. He adds in 11 rebounds, 5 assists, and grabs a steal as well. And without doubt, was the best player on the floor. And and I know that's a hard thing to read in an All Star game, but it wasn't uh, the best one. No, it, it was not. I mean, he he was <laughs> he was clearly the best player on the floor by a long way. Uh, highlight reel dunks that that uh, that finish off the Steph Curry <laughs> bounce might be one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen live. It was so high that I know on TV it went out of the screen. But live at the arena, when that I was 
looking at where Giannis is standing, I'm like, he can't possibly. He's left his feet already. I mean, he's going to be on the. He's going to be back on the ground before this thing comes down. And somehow he reaches up, dunks it, and provides the highlight of the uh, of the All Star game. Did you see the? There was like a someone took a screenshot of when he like first made contact with the ball to flush it, and yeah, like his I, arm was bent. It wasn't even fully extended up. Like he could have gotten up even a little higher if he had to. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I asked uh, 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 Chris Milton about it in the in the post game, and I just asked him whether he was surprised because we all seen the reaction of everyone on the bench and <laughs> how crazy they were going, and he. Uh, and he straight away he just started laughing. He's like, "Well, you know, he's like, I've thrown Giannis my fair share of bad passes, and and he always makes me look good." So he goes, "I, w- I wouldn't say I was surprised, um, but w- he had said the same thing." He goes, "When I looked at the replay, I was like, that is crazy." So <laughs> it, this is a guy that's played with him for six years. He was even he was like, you know, that that was pretty special. But uh, in the end, Kevin Durant takes out the MVP, and. It's interesting. I mean, I got some fire for tweeting out that uh, you know the the decision was fine, and I mean, when you lose the game by fourteen points, then I, I think it was to me. I, I thought as soon as the score started uh, spreading out as much as it did, that that Durant was probably going to get it because he had the most points, and I had no other reason really to pick anyone on that team for MVP. I didn't think there was a standout. I wasn't watching the game thinking, wow. Kevin Durant, man, he's having he's having a really good game. But in the end, he has 30, 31 points, six and nine from three, seven rebounds. I mean, he was he was the best of the the team, LeBron, and that's probably why he got it. The only argument is whether you think that Giannis should have got it no matter what because he was that much better. Uh, what what? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, definitely wouldn't give it to anyone else on on Team LeBron. I was hoping Clay would catch fire and they'd feed Clay, and he would be the one. That's that's just more fun. I would, I would, like I can enjoy Clay Thompson winning All Star MVP more than Kevin Durant. Who, like, I don't think there was any like real KD moment that was like super exciting. Like there was a time Kawhi hit a couple threes in a row. There was a time Dame hit a couple threes in a row, and I was like, okay, okay, this is fun. Kevin Durant's just like, oh, yeah, he's open on the wing three, and he, he makes it, and he's going to be quiet for two minutes and then do it again later. It's like it's like watching someone do taxes really well. Like, it's, not, it's not inspiring. But, uh, I, 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 yeah, I mean, yeah, Giannis winning it on the losing team, like, obviously, you know, I'm always pro Giannis winning stuff. But, I mean, they did lose by 14, and it wasn't his fault for sure. He was spectacular. I do think his individual performance was probably – good enough but I can see not wanting to give it to the team that lost by 14 points I mean that's not it wasn't even close at the end they they kind of just ran out the last few minutes without I mean it, it, like team Giannis was still shooting because that's all anyone does but it wasn't a, a competitive game no I, I, that's right and, and I think that's where it, it comes down to and we all would have loved to see Giannis win uh, the MVP and you know, if they don't have that rough stretch in the third quarter where, you know, even Steph as well. I mean, Steph uncharacteristically has a, has a rough shooting night. <laughs> Who yeah. would have thought that? He uh, ends four for 17 from three. Uh, 17 points on 23 shots. So all, all together uh, between West, Westbrook and Curry, they shoot, uh, what is that, 14 for 43. So uh, 14 for 43 and five for 25 from three between Curry and Westbrook, the, uh, the MVP point guard. So... That's tough to overcome. And uh, in the end, Giannis is the way he's built, 
And the way he comes into games like this, uh, he's definitely going to be back. And I have no doubt that he's going to win one of these things because he does not know how to slow down. And you saw at the start of the game, he was scoring everything. They, he had about he had five. Uh, he had twelve points, uh, just halfway through the first quarter, and five of the five of those buckets were dunks. The other one was a layup, an end one layup. So, um, I don't think anyone was surprised by that, but perhaps people were surprised by the performance of his teammate, Chris Middleton. I mean, I think I was surprised by the performance of Chris Middleton, <laughs> and I watched quite a bit of Chris Middleton. I I figured he would get some run and some opportunities just because obviously he's on Team Giannis and everything else. But what what was I, I know I think you have a, a better grasp on when this all happened. But what is it like a minute for him to make three threes in this game? Yeah, so uh, it did not take long for him to get involved. So Chris Middleton checks in uh, with six forty six left in the first quarter. Uh, 16 seconds in, Milton finds Giannis for a layup. Uh, he then, on the next possession, knocks down his first three, assisted by Giannis. Next possession up the floor, Middleton again hits a three, assisted by Giannis. <laughs> and then the next possession up the floor, at the 5.30 mark, so one minute and 16 into the game, Chris Milton hits his third three, this time assisted by Kyle Lowry, uh, which is funny because Kyle Lowry uh, has been assisting the Bucks all season. So I, I thought that was uh, kind. Uh, I, got, well, I mean, you know, I didn't see Kyle Lowry doing much out there last night, but then five. next possession, Giannis Aliyev dunk shot assisted by Middleton. Uh, then Jokic gets a layup assisted by Giannis. And then we move down to their next bucket is Middleton hitting another three. So <laughs> the, the, the stretch there for the, for the Bucks guys was, uh, is incredible. And I, I did, I don't have the tweet up, but there was 56 seconds or so left in the first quarter and Giannis and, and Middleton had 28 points and the entire team LeBron only had 31. I mean, <laughs> the first quarter, if you're a Bucks fan, it was absolute heaven. These guys were going off and it was, it was just good to see Chris Middleton smile. You know, he, he was talking all weekend and I spoke to Chris quite a bit uh, uh, over the weekend and he... Um, he was excited to be here. He said all season that this was, you know, a goal of his to be here, and uh, it was just nice to see him play well because we know that there's a lot of lot of, lot of fans out there that um, I'm not. It's not that they're not Chris Middleton fans, but they can't seem to look away from what is coming this summer, yeah. and they can't they can't really give him any props for anything he does because they'll straight away turn it back to the fact that he's going to get paid this summer, and they're not comfortable with that. So I, I just feel like. I felt happy watching Chris Middleton knock down some shots. I, I thought he deserved that. You can see the smile on his face. This has been this has been a lifetime dream of his, and he gets out there and he doesn't and he doesn't feel any pressure. He knocks down his first four threes. It was just really fun to watch. Yeah, I agree for sure. I think I tweeted after the second one that like the smile, like Middleton's smile after the the, the first two threes was like just so much fun. I was going to tweet it after the first one, and the second one came. I had to adjust it. I just barely sent tweet, and he's made a third one already. And it was just awesome because he was, you could tell, he was really just so happy to be able to be there and then go out on this game with all these other great players. Now, I said other great players. I'm sick of seeing people saying Milwaukee has one star. Quite literally, the Bucks have two stars. It's in the name All-Star. But uh, 
no, Chris was Chris was loving it. He certainly has deserved to be there with his play this year. Even if I was caving for Eric Bledsoe to go, with the way some of these other All Stars played, maybe Bledsoe and Middleton should have been there. At least Bledsoe would have played. Some, Eric Bledsoe would have been hilarious in this game because I feel like he might have played defense. Has he ever gone? Did he ever go with Phoenix? I don't think so. No. So this would have been his first All Star. I think he would have played some defense. That would have been fun. But uh, no, I, I think it was great to see. Chris just be able to get that opportunity and play with Giannis and obviously Giannis just feeding the hell out of Chris was was great. Giannis is the best. Um, well, as far as this summer, and I, we're not going to get super into it because this is the all-star pod, but I'm starting to feel more and more like it's going to be, if if the Bucks feel like they can get a max guy, they're going to get like deal one of Ersan or Snell. And I know it's not that easy, but it shouldn't be that hard to move one of those two guys. And you know, they can keep Middleton's cap hold there and still have a max spot if they get rid of one of those two guys. And, and they can also keep the cap hold of Brogdon in that case as well. And I, I'm just starting to feel more and more like Middleton is going to be in the plans. That's, that's my just no reporting, no sauces here. Just this how I feel about it, watching and listening and reading everything that comes out of the Bucks. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that what you're going to find is that uh, I, I mean, I would be shocked if, if Chris Middleton isn't in Milwaukee next year, which means that I'm very much aware that he's going to get a max deal because if he stays in Milwaukee, that's what he's going to get. Because if not, he's going to go elsewhere and someone, someone else is going to pay him that. There's enough stuff out there to know that that's, that's what's going to happen. And so, yeah, people could be angry about that, but that's exactly the way this is heading. So. I, I could see yeah. him taking slightly below for a, on a five year deal. Well, then that's gonna that's gonna be his that'll be his choice though. Yeah, uh, he's, 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 he certainly has earned a max deal, and I think he totally deserves it. And if that's his line, I I would I, I don't begrudge him that one bit. But after Giannis did the last time around, it I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if if Middleton agreed to take a little less annually to have the, the fifth year locked in. But I, again, no reporting, just literally a thing that is possible, not anything that I know of that will or will not happen. I mean, we're, we're going to find out. But that would, I mean, and I just need to stress that people just need to understand that he's going to get offered a max. Yeah. So if he if he decides to take less to stay in Milwaukee, then that's, you know, that's great. But he's going to have the opportunity to get paid max money and I believe that the Bucks are going to do whatever they can to keep him around and keep him with Giannis and uh, keep that connection going, which has been, uh, you know, so great for so long now. They're in their sixth year, and that was one of the things Chris said last night. He, uh, when that that run, that stretch that got brought up just before, um, with the assist and the score in between those two, that's what Middleton said. He did his first words. He got a big smile on his face as he has been smiling all weekend, and he said, "That's six years in the making." He said, "This is incredible." He had a great time out there, had a lot of fun. And, and I just think that this is a place, Milwaukee, that is, that, that he wants to stick around, particularly with the way things are going right now. So, again, we don't, we don't need to get into that, that debate right now, but he really had a big night last night, 20 points. And Paul George also had 20, but other than that, he was the second-leading scorer for uh, Team Giannis. And we spoke about Coach Budenholzer, and it was interesting to see that Bud actually played Middleton down the stretch. So there was a timeout there in the fourth quarter, 
and they were down 10. And Middleton actually played ahead of the hometown hero, Kemba Walker, which was, <laughs> I, we, I mean, we were laughing about that because it, it was just interesting to see. Like Middleton checked out in the fourth quarter and I, I figured that that was going to be it. And Bud brings him back in. And it was, it didn't, you know, it didn't work out. But it was just a, I thought it was a bold move by Bud to put Middleton in ahead of uh, Kemba Walker. I mean, I thought good for Coach Bud. You know, like, why, why not coach and favor you? Like, that's the, like, you earn being in the All-Star game because your team is the best in the conference. You know, why not sort of give a shout to the players who, you know, who earned you that, that, that honor? You know, I mean, you can be the best coach in the world, but if your team, your players aren't that good, you know, you're not going to win. What are they, what Bucks have 43 wins right now? Something crazy. So yeah. I thought, you know what? Good for him. You know, Chris Middleton deserves this. And especially, especially it being Chris too. You know, if the Bucks second all-star was like a Kyle Lowry who was like, you know, playing in his sixth straight game or whatever, then maybe not. Then maybe, you know, you play Kemba. But Chris, his first all-star, it's, you know, it's a guy, I think Reggie Miller said at one point, you know, he's going to take shots because he doesn't know if he'll ever be back here. It's kind of cold, but I guess there's some truth to it. I mean, that's that's harsh. Um, but, you know, I, I thought, you know what, good. I mean, it's, it's hard to find a player who wouldn't understand, you know, a coach wanting to play a guy like Middleton. And, and Kemba, it, it, it helped that no one on the East besides Giannis and sort of Paul George was any good. So it's not like... There was any like, oh, how can you not play this guy who's got one made field goal in twenty minutes or whatever? Yeah, he didn't. Uh, Kemba Walker, but a bit of a rough night. Two for eight, zero for five for three, just four points. So between him and Steph, the uh, the Charlotte Hornets player, and then the local North Carolina uh, kid, it was <laughs> it wasn't a great night. The crowd was probably left a little disappointed, but they got Michael Jordan late in the game. He came out, so he got a standing ovation. So. You know, <laughs> People who didn't watch probably right now are thinking that Mike was suited up and, and played. He did not. He was Well, he was suited up, not in basketball gear, but uh, he was looking pretty sharp. But For once. Uh, they, they had the announcement for the uh, Chicago 2020 All-Star Game next season. And so they, they rolled out uh, Michael Jordan to uh, you know pass over what is apparently a tradition. I've never seen it before, the, the ceremonial All-Star basketball. I, I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing, but uh, they did. They did, and it was uh, looked like a good thing to to get Michael Jordan out there, who we hadn't seen all weekend. So it was nice to see him uh, on show on his birthday weekend. They uh, they tore him away from the craps table for twenty minutes and and got this thing done. Well, there was a lot going on in Charlotte. I tell you, I'm not sure. I, it was busy, I'll say that. I mean, it was it's a small city. It just gives you a good perspective for myself on how these smaller cities go about having the All-Star game because everything about it was just was just chaos. It was it was packed everywhere you went. But I I think the I got to give a shout out to the city. I think uh, Charlotte did a great job. They got through and everything seemed to run pretty smoothly. I know I had a whole heap of fun. Did you have a do you have a Charlotte story? Not really. Uh, I was, I was going to uh, say we can. I was going to say we can. We can get back. To, we can do. We can do a Charlotte story right after the ad reads. But if there's no story, that's not going to work. No, please go ahead and give the sponsors a plug. I mean, I just want to just let all the listeners know that we've got an announcement to make. That Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. 
Kane and I both have facial hair. We know we know what this is like. You need to shave comfortably. It's important. You know, Nikola Mirotic knows too, and hopefully he lets that beard grow, but he's still going to have to maintain it. So he, Kane, I, and of course all of you can go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set. This includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for $3. That's just the shipping. The thing is basically free, and it's shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Aren't we all? Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany. That's been making quality blades for over 95 years. That's most of Dirk Nowitzki's career. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer today, right now, by going to harrys.com slash blue wire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash blue wire to redeem your razor for $3. Kane. What happens if I don't use Harry's and I use a different brand of razor and, you know, what if I die? Is there any way that my family could be taken care of? Oh, oh boy. Well, uh, it's interesting you say that because after a stressful couple of days with my good friend Eric Name on the road the other week, I considered life insurance because life can be stressful. Getting life insurance shouldn't be, though, I'm told. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can, re- you can be rest assured knowing that you've taken the steps to protect your family, and in most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Discover how un- uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos, get your free instant quote, and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to ethos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S, getethos.com, and you'll be uh, living comfortably. I'd say that's, 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 a fair, uh, that's a fair thing to be, to be taken care of, life insurance. Yeah, I mean, it, it can ha- anything can happen. You know, you can, one day you can be a star, or the best player on the Oklahoma City Thunder by far. The next day, you're shooting A for 20 in the All-Star game, and Paul George is just better. Things can happen that are crazy. They can, and you mentioned shooting, so I think we really should get back to the basketball. Uh, no offense to the ad reads, but uh, Chris Milton in the three-point shootout on Saturday night. Uh, not a great showing. Uh, he only scores 11, makes eight threes all up. Uh, he hits his first two, and I was starting to, I was kind of like, okay, okay, Chris, like you hit your first two threes. I, I didn't. I didn't think that he was going to be one of the favorites coming in, but in the end, he's eliminated in the first round, uh, and it's a really quick night for Chris in a competition that Joe Harris ends up taking out, which was pretty fun to see. Uh, I was happy to see Joe Harris take it out. He had Steph, Steph Curry breathing down his neck there on the on the on the last uh, round, but uh, second time in the three point shootout for Middleton. I'm not sure if he gets back now. Uh, eliminated in the first round uh, on on both occasions. So um, 
What did you what 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 expectations did you have coming in for Chris? And were you surprised to see that early exit? I mean, I wasn't shocked. Chris Middleton's a good three point shooter, but he's not really like like a lot of the, like Joe Harris for sure is like that's what he does. You know, he's a catch and shooter. I mean, I know you don't catch and shoot in three point contests, but that he's a three point shooter. Like that is what his game is. And Chris can shoot threes. Don't get me wrong, but he's more of a a complete sort of wing slash almost guard scorer who, I mean, you know, there's, I've been reading a lot lately, a lot of Eric name stuff who's been just crushing it on Middleton articles and other people have as well. But you know, a lot about how, you know, he'll do a lot of his scoring from the mid range, especially he used to, he can drive to the basket, he can pass, distribute everything else. So it, it doesn't shock me that, you know, he's in this competition against people who, you know, more of their bandwidth, on a day-by-day basis is shooting and, and they have an advantage over him. Like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, part of me wondered if, if Brogdon should have been the Bucks competitor in this thing, because I think he's still shooting over 40% from the, from three point territory on his way to a 50, 40, 90 season, potentially. Uh, I mean, I know Davis Burton should have participated. Don't even get me started on um, the NBA's, I believe still the NBA's three point percentage leader. I mean, he's big, so that, that always makes it tougher, but Put Davis in there, but yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not shocked that Chris wasn't great, and I boycotted the three point contest partially because my buddy had a graduation party, partially because Davis Bertans was snubbed. Well, I, I just want to let you know that by you know constantly bringing up Bertans, all you're doing is pissing off Bucks fans who wanted Brook Lopez in the competition. But I have got some numbers here, and this is and this is why the three point contest is it. Yeah, it's kind of funny the way it works out, but this is probably why it doesn't suit Chris. Um, and he mentioned after, he, he was he was cool about it. He said, listen, all the shots felt good. It's just one of those things. I, I didn't knock down enough to move on. But he did mention that, you know, perhaps I would have been better if I had a hand in my face. <laughs> and that's that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say. But I've got the numbers here. Chris Middleton, uh, I'm wide open threes, which is at least six uh, feet of space in front of him. He's 33.7% from three. On open threes, which is four to six feet, he's 40.4%. And on tight <laughs> on tight uh, coverage, that's two to four feet, he's 41.7% from three. Is Chris JR if JR was good all the time? This guy, we always joke about it being on the Tough Shot Express. They're the shots that he knocks down. That's ridiculous. He's shooting 41.7% on tight, tightly contested threes. Uh, this season, it's ridiculous. So, next year, he can have like J. Cole guard him during the three point contest or something. Well, he needs something. It's it's just crazy. And we, we watch the Bucks enough to know that that's the case. He he makes tough shots and he has not been shooting well on wide open threes this season, which is frustrating. But he's too good a shooter. So, I, I, I just on the broader perspective, I am looking forward to seeing how those numbers play out through the rest of the season because. I don't expect Chris Middleton keep, to keep missing wide open uh, corner threes. It, it's just, uh, it's not him. Uh, I think those numbers are going to going to improve. Uh, but did you think? So you mentioned Brogdon, so it's interesting. I just want to bring this up because a lot of a lot of uh, you know the great people on Twitter mentioned to me when I was talking about Middleton the three point shootout was that they wanted Brook Lopez in there, and I I I mean from a pure entertainment value, Brook Lopez would have been incredible in the three-point shootout. It would have been just... I, it, it just would have been one of the most the more fun things in the entire weekend, seeing that guy uh, in the three-point contest 
the only thing is, I'm not sure if he gets all the balls yeah, off. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Brook Lopez is so slow. Everything he does is in slow motion. I'm not sure if he gets around uh, in the in the in the 60 seconds. But uh, would you? I mean, is that is that a silly thing to say? Like, how do, how do you think Brook Lopez is he suited to the three point contest? I mean, the, the the getting all the shots off would make it difficult. I mean, although he does lead the Bucks in three points attempts per game by a comfortable margin, so. I mean, he has no problem getting them off in games, but usually he's pretty open for those. I mean, in a three-point contest, you are too, but I don't know. I feel like it would have been certainly fun to watch. I think, like, do, do we care about the integrity of the three-point contest? Like, I think if Brooke is involved, Robin should be, like, allowed to try to block his threes or something. Like, that would be really fun. Yeah. Like, play, like, the Benny Hill music and have Brooke Lopez running around behind the line trying to chuck threes away from Robin Lopez. Like, that could be a separate event where we all just win by getting to watch it. Why well, I, I actually had a lot of fun on the All Star Saturday night, but I I think that it's still it's still a tired format, and people there was a lot of complaints that it wasn't fun, it was a boring night. I'm not sure how to fix it, but we we seem to be talking about this every single year. So um, yeah, we'll see what they do next year. They they are trying some different things. We've seen obviously with the All Star Game rosters, they've they've. Mi- mix things around there, which I think is a whole heap of fun. You get to see some guys play together that you don't normally get to. So we'll see what they do with the with the rest of the uh of the of the tournament, the Saturday night in particular and the dunk contest again was a little bit disappointing. There's no Milwaukee Bucks involved, so we don't need to really touch well, on Peter, that. My question but, to you would be are there any Bucks that you would have liked to see in the skills challenge or the dunk contest? Well the dunk contest was interesting. Giannis actually tweeted last night uh, very late, he tweeted something about basically a question. Uh, I, I don't have to tweet up, but it was something like, "Should I do this next year?" or something like that. And then as soon as he tweeted that, Donovan Mitchell quote tweeted Giannis's tweet and said, "If you do it, I'll do it." So we'll see, so we'll see what happens if they start to get some big names in there. Then it really changes things. But again, Giannis, we've seen him in the dunk contest before, and it didn't go well. Maybe he wants to redeem himself for that for that effort. Uh, as for the skills challenge. Um, it's such a tough tournament because guys just don't try. Like you, you see it every year. Uh, the guys just cruise around in that, and it, and it takes away from it. Generally, um, the young guys were fun. There was a really fun matchup uh, between Darren Fox and Trey Young. I thought they both tried, and possibly it's a younger guy thing where where they're just competitive against each other and and don't you know. I don't think that they're too cool. Like Mike Conley, like, uh, I don't know. I just seen him out there. He had a huge lead and he's just cruising along. It's like, finish the thing off. Like, win the thing. Don't be embarrassed to win this. This is cool. So we'll see what happens next year. But uh, it's interesting with the team LeBron and we go back to the draft, the all-star draft. Uh, we, <laughs> there was a lot of people taking note of some of the guys that uh, LeBron drafted from, from Durant to uh, Anthony Davis and all the guys that you think that he's going to recruit. And tampering's been a hot topic. And Lazary gets the $25,000 fine last week. Do you think that, like, how can Lazary get a tampering fine in Milwaukee? Like, I, I don't get it. Now, everyone knows that Anthony Davis is not coming here. I think that everyone's fully okay with the fact that Anthony Davis even mentioning Milwaukee as a destination is just a... Uh, just a distraction away from the fact that he wants to get to LA. Potentially, he would go to New York, but in the end, he wants to be in LA. So he's just throwing out token team names. Like we we are, we agree with that, right? Is that I, 
is that how you feel about how that, that I don't went know down? From all the way there. I mean, I don't think the Bucks are going to trade for Anthony Davis, but I think like this summer, if Anthony Davis was going to be a free agent, he's not. He has a year left. And the Bucks were going to have a max cap spot, which they probably will. I don't think it's insane that to to think he would seriously consider Milwaukee. I mean, when you have a guy as good as young as Giannis on a team that is as good as the Bucks are with a whole lot of cap space, I mean, I I think they're, they're the Bucks now have become a real player for these free agents, and I I think they were on. Anthony Davis's list with a couple other teams that can't do anything to trade him to as a leverage ploy to get him to the Lakers, especially because now apparently there there is no list or there is a list and it's a list of every team probably except the Pelicans. I don't really know what's going on with the list these days, but I don't know. I mean, I think you know Giannis changes the calculus of a franchise. We've talked about this a little bit before in the podcast, and that includes having guys want to play with him. I mean, I've never seen. I'm gonna sound like a like a jealous like ex or something. I've never seen Steph Curry have that much fun with Kevin Durant before. As it did with Giannis. No, I sound like <laughs> someone in like the friend zone or something. Like you know you you know you like hanging out with Giannis better, Steph. Forget KD, but for real, like stars like playing with Giannis. He took over that game with a lot of stars in it, and you know maybe uh, maybe somebody will be wooed over to Milwaukee soon. There's people who are already think there's some sort of a weird anti-Lakers agenda against the team with the second most titles in NBA history would have probably just gone nuts if if Lazary didn't get a fine for saying, you know, just it, it was pretty harmless, but that's just the way tampering fines go. I mean, Magic, the one Magic got for talking about Giannis, I thought was even more docile. He didn't even talk about Giannis coming to the Lakers. He just talked about Giannis is a guy who's going to win like MVPs and titles or something, and they got him, so... It's almost like they had to get Lazary based on the fines Magic has gotten. And, you know, it's like I tweeted out, it's like 0.0013% of his net worth. Like, he'll be fine. So uh, I, I don't I don't really care. I mean, if it, if it gets you a free agent, tamper away because it's just absolutely worth it monetarily. Well, I I mean, first of all, you're right. I mean, the money means nothing to him. That's, that's like it's, it's a, a drop in the ocean. But... He was. I just don't get it. Like he was asked a specific Anthony Davis question. All he did was like answer the question after someone specifically asked him. It's not like he started rattling off uh, stuff about Anthony Davis. And I, I mean, again, I, I just, I just, I don't agree with you in relation to Anthony Davis. That I just don't think that he's got any interest in coming to Milwaukee. And Giannis definitely changes things. And the Bucks are in a really good position, and they've put themselves in a good position to get guys like. Yeah, Brooke Lopez and these type of players. I, I don't think Anthony Davis has any interest in coming to Milwaukee. As you said, I think there was nothing but a leverage move. Uh, you know, trying to say that there's all these teams that could potentially do it. He threw in the random small market, which was Milwaukee, that couldn't actually trade for him and had no way of trading through him. So I I, I just like the the whole Milwaukee being on the list thing um does not doesn't even raise an eyebrow for me. I'm just well, like, okay, cool. Thanks for mentioning more. Thanks for mentioning Milwaukee, and then have fun in LA. It depends next if year. he wants to win. Because if he wants to win, it's hard. To, long term, it's hard to argue there's a, a better spot for him than Milwaukee right now. Well, you can argue whether he how badly oh, he yeah, really he, wants he to could. win or how badly he wants. I mean, to we'll be see. In a big what, city. We'll see where he ends up. You know, going. I mean, he doesn't really have a choice this time. But I mean, it's not like. I think this, the demise of small markets has been overrated because 
you know, there's still no one besides LeBron has gone to these big four markets yet. And by big four, I mean the two LAs and the two New Yorks. No one besides LeBron has gone there in a long, long time. I mean, LeBron's obviously a big one, but that was, you could argue more so because he has a production company. He's trying to, I mean, not trying to, he has gotten off the ground and, and everything else, but, uh, you know, it's, we're going to see. I mean, Philly is a bigger market, but it's not a glamour market like those two, New York and LA are. They're probably going to, if they want to, they could probably hold all of their stars. Uh, Oklahoma City managed to hold Paul George and keep him from the Lakers. And I think Paul George is pretty happy with that decision right now. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the Raptors, who Toronto is not a traditional small market, but because of the way television revenue works and just players like viewing of, of a different country, it operates as one. And they, the Raptors have a shot to keep Kawhi Leonard. I think it's, it's the, the jury is still out on what's going to happen there, but they've certainly been in a good position with him on the team and they've been very good. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens with uh, whether these star players want to go or not go. But uh, it's it's interesting. And I do think, though, that Milwaukee being on the list was, was a leverage play. But, it, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, there's it, nothing happens by accident. I'll say that. Yeah, and again, it's it's more realistic to believe that now that Giannis is in the team, but I just would caution anyone from getting too excited about the possibility of that or the possibility of moving most of these guys on and going for a guy like Durant because I, I just don't think that's the path for this team. I agree small market is not a big um, of an issue as it was in the past, but again, if you have really good uh, management and the team is run well, then you put yourself in a good position. And uh, for, for Bucks fans, that's where you can feel comfortable right now with a new arena, uh, a star like Giannis where... None of this happens if you don't have a guy like this that is just so family-focused, uh, so loyal. I mean, the, the Bucks fans just can't possibly be uh, any more lucky than they are to have a guy like Giannis because if not, you would be really probably spending way too much time stressing about this uh, right now with a couple of years still out from free agency. But it's just not something you need to worry about at the moment. Giannis is a guy that as long as the Bucks continue on this trajectory, uh He's going to hang around, and I'm fully confident of that. Uh, he's just not—he's not a Kevin Durant. He doesn't care about the big city. He doesn't want the big city. Actually, that's the big thing. So, the Bucks will be in good hands as long as this management continues to run things the way they are, and that's really all that the, all there is to it. With that, uh, uh, you know, the, the Bucks are relevant now for the first time in a long time, and it's—I uh, mean, it's a lot of fun. Just like nights like last night. Uh, on the back of the new arena, on the back of the uh, best record in the NBA. It's just a good time to be a Bucks fan now. But as fun as the All-Star weekend was, there's a couple of days now. The guys will get a, a little bit of time to rest. They're back at practice on Wednesday for a full practice. So uh, ahead of the game on Thursday. And it doesn't really get much bigger in terms of the, the, the Bucks rivals right now. Uh, Boston uh, coming to town for the first time this season. And... It's a big game, I feel like, any time these two teams play. I, I think last the, the, the playoffs last season just built a little bit of tension between these two teams. And we know that Boston are a bit of a mess at the moment. They're still just trying to figure something out. 
Uh, how do you see this one playing out just quickly? I feel like the Bucks are going to, I mean, it's not like they've really needed it, other than they have not needed it, but I think they're going to have a little momentum coming off the strong all-star game for for Giannis and Chris. I think those two guys especially, and Chris really even more, because Giannis, what is this, his third all-star game now, I think? Uh, I think Chris yeah, especially it. is going to be able to, you know, have a little extra pep in his step the rest of the way here. And I mean, I don't think anyone on the Bucks will need motivation heading into the playoffs. But this is sort of the dog days time, you know, the last bit of the season, especially, you know, if the Bucks were to pull away a bit on the first seed, which we'll see if that, I mean, that's not, obviously not guaranteed, but, you know, sometimes these can be the games where you're kind of like, oh, can the playoffs just start already? I mean, I know I certainly feel that way about February and March regular season games, but I think Chris will be a little extra motivated after the All-Star. I think Giannis is always very motivated. I don't know if he can be more motivated, but if so, he might be as well. And I, I think the the Bucks are going to look to to put a smackdown on. I mean, hey, this team doesn't lose back to back games, Kane. They they, they technically dropped the All Star game. That that was basically Team Bucks. So I I don't think they can lose the Celtics game. Well, it's uh, it's a good point. I think Giannis might try and bounce back. I didn't really think about it that way. But twenty three and five at home, the Bucks. Uh, the Celtics have won t- uh, 12 of their last 15. The Bucks have won 14 of their last 16. And it's important to acknowledge how big this break was for this Milwaukee team that coming in uh, played at least every second day for the last probably three weeks. I think they played 11 games in 18 days. Uh, it was just a brutal stretch for the Bucks. So I'm sure a couple of days rest was, was certainly a positive for them. Uh, they're currently six and a half games ahead of the Boston Celtics in the standings. Uh, season series tied at 1-1. Uh, the first time they come back to Milwaukee. So, look, the six and a half games is not a gap that you think that Boston can probably run back in, in the time we've got left, barring something really going wrong for Milwaukee. But uh, either way, you get this one, you get ahead of the series. I, I think it'll be... Um, you know, an important master. I think winning every game against the Celtics and Sixers the rest of the ways would be important. And those teams just losing some in general because if Indiana can hold on to that three seed and the Sixers and the Celtics are forced to play four or five, that just, like, that removes one of the top threats in the postseason right away. And that would be, that would be really, really good for Milwaukee if those two teams played four and five. And that way you know you're not going to, you know, there's a chance the Bucks would have to play the Sixers, the Celtics, and the Raptors in the playoffs, and that's pretty brutal. Uh, it would be it would be very nice for I mean the the Raptors too, but definitely for the Bucks if Indiana could hold that three spot because the the Pacers are good, but without that star in playoff time, they just don't strike the fear into you that those other. I mean, I don't know if any team strikes fear, but they're not as threatening as the Celtics or Sixers. I don't know, man. I feel like we started this debate too late in the in the episode. We're going to wrap things up here, but yeah. I, I I don't know that I feel that good about that. Uh, then you know you're setting yourself up for a, a Boston or Philly in the second round. But listen, there's a lot of scenarios to play out, and we will find out how it all goes when the season kicks back off on Thursday night. We'll be back at some point later this week to probably talk about that game. So that's episode two of the Euro Step. Thank you, Ty, and uh, I'll talk to you later in the week. Yes, sir. Thank you, everyone, for listening.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.